Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 12 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. One of radio's first spin-off shows, The Great Gildersleeve was created to expand on the minor character Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve from the successful show Fibber Mickey and Molly. Harold Perry played the title character, who originally was written to have his own girdle company, but eventually played the town water commissioner of the town of Summerfield, raising his orphaned niece and nephew. Marjorie, his niece, was played by several actresses, and Leroy, his nephew, was voiced by Walter Tetley. Other main characters were Bertie, the housekeeper, played by Lillian Randolph, Judge Horace Hooker, played by Earl Ross, and pharmacist Richard Peavy, played by Richard Legrand. His catchphrase, well, I wouldn't say that, became a show staple. The sitcom ran from 1941 to 1958, with Perry being replaced by Willard Waterman in 1950. Now sit back and enjoy the October 19th and the October 26th, 1941 broadcasts of The Great Gildersleeve. Kraft presents The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> Each week at this time, Kraft presents from Hollywood, California, Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve, written by Leonard L. Levinson. We'll hear from the great Gildersleeve in just a moment. But first, I want to remind you that these are challenging days for every one of us. It's our duty to produce more to help meet our country's increasing needs. And that takes plenty of good food, as you wise homemakers know. Wholesome, nutritious food that provides the energy and nourishment your hard-working, hard-playing family needs. That's why you should know about parquet margarine, made by Kraft. Parquet margarine is a delicious food that's packed full of wholesome nourishment. It's one of the best sources of food energy you can serve. And important to you housewives who know how essential vitamins are, every pound of parquet margarine contains 9,000 units of vitamin A, making it a reliable year-round source for your whole family. What's more, parquet is the margarine with the delicious flavor, whether you use it at the table for baking or for pan frying. So why not give your family the benefit of this grand-tasting, nourishing food? Tomorrow... Ask your dealer for a pound or two of economical parquet margarine, made by Kraft. Just ask for parquet, P-A-R-K-A-Y. And now let's visit our friend, the great Gildersleeve. Come on, wake up, Judge Hooker. Pay attention to your checkers. It's your move. I know it, Gildersleeve. I was merely studying the board. What, with your eyes closed? <laughs> Let's speed this up. We haven't got all night here. All right. There, 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 and there. <laughs> now crown me. I'd love to, but I haven't got anything to do it with. Hooker, I don't see how you keep beating me, honestly. In fact, I don't think you do, honestly. <laughs> Gildersleeve, you're a pushover. You couldn't win a game from a backward baboon with a dozen checkers up your sleeve. I could, too. Um, I mean, I wouldn't need a dozen checkers. I'll show you, Hooker. Set them up again and pull in your belt. Because this time I'm going to beat the hell of Leroy. How are you tonight? <laughs> Judge Hooker. Leroy. Say, um, can I... Uh, can you what, Leroy? Well, I hate to keep pestering you, Bart, but can I see the circus tomorrow afternoon? Not unless they happen to pitch the tent in the front yard of the Peter B. Flugelhammer Junior High School. Is that where you go, Leroy? Yeah, Flugie Junior High. Say, I grew up with Peter B. Flugelhammer Sr. That's who the junior high school was named after. If, well, I thought the school was named after Peter B. Flugelhammer Jr. No, Junior was the son of Sr. after whom the junior high school was named. Poor Junior. He never could finish senior high. Yo. But gee, Uncle Mort, could you call up school and ask if I could skip tomorrow? I did, Leroy. I even went so far as to predict that you wouldn't be feeling very well tomorrow. What did they say? They told me that an excuse for illness while the circus is in town must be accompanied by a note from your doctor. 
Shucks, that's a heck of a note. Yes. Well, there's no use grousing, young man. Remember, school must come first. Now, sit down and get started with your homework. Yes, Leroy, your homework, that's the thing that's going to count in later life, not going to the circus. I don't think so, Judge, because in my later life, I expect to be a lion tamer. Oh? You don't need any education for that. All you need is a kitchen chair and the right kind of breakfast food. Well, yes. This lion taming is new, though. Last week, you were going to become a pitcher with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Oh, that was last week. Oh. Gee, I wouldn't mind missing the circus so much, Uncle Mort, but I hate to see those passes go to waste. Oh, did you get passes, Gildersleeve? Did I get passes? Yes, sir. I've got certain connections. Yeah, Uncle Mort guessed the right number of beans in that jar in the drugstore window. Oh. Yes, I connected that time. <laughs> Gee, Uncle Mort, are you sure you can't take me? I'm sorry, Leroy, but you'd better make up your mind to skip the circus. Oh, gee, a guy can't get any fun out of life. Yeah. You know, Gildersleeve, sometimes I think our school system has become too scientific, too streamlined. You're right, Judge. These days, everything is streamlined. Uh, except me. <laughs> Yes. Things were a lot different in the days when I went to school. <laughs> what a memory. I sat, I sat next to Petey Flugelhammer. Huh? That was long before he was elected lieutenant governor and then named the school after himself. Oh. We had none of this modern stuff like getting a doctor's prescription to go to the circus. Yes, it was the same in my school days too, Judge. Of course, I'm not as old as you are. What do you mean, Gildersleeve? You were shaving when I was a little shaver. I was not. You were too. All right, all right. I was always taught not to contradict my elders. <laughs> it, come to think of it, Judge, we kids used to have a lot more fun than modern children have. I can still remember some of the tricks we pulled at school. So do I. Shenanigans, they were called. Yes. I'll never forget the time I dropped a paper bag full of water on the Spanish teacher. Only it turned out to be the new athletic coach. And when he caught me, boy, was he athletic. <laughs> That's nothing. I once sneaked up behind Miss Pettibone's desk and tacked her dress to the floor. <laughs> kids don't do a thing like that these days. Yeah, kids can't do a thing like that these days. <laughs> Say, uh, Judge, did you ever put eggs in the principal's umbrella? No, did you? Uh-huh. I had my own hen and I saved eggs for a rainy day. <laughs> <laughs> I can still see him lifting that umbrella over his head. <laughs> well, I put alum in the water pitcher at our graduation exercises. Oh, that's a peachy stunt. <laughs> what happened? I didn't graduate. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, youth. Sometimes I wish I were a kid again, just so I could pull a few more of those cute little innocent juvenile pranks. Well, they're a thing of the past. Yeah. I never hear of kids doing those things these days. Not enough imagination, I guess. That's right. You know, I remember when a dog and pony show came to our town and all us kids made up our minds to go. You know how we got the afternoon off? No, how? Well, I climbed up on the schoolhouse roof and stuffed my coat into the chimney. <laughs> Boy, I wish you could have seen that smoke pour in and those kids pour out. <laughs> Gildy, I'll bet you were car. Oh, that wasn't anything. Did I ever tell you about the time we smuggled the horse up in the bell tower at college? Gee, no, Uncle tell us about it. Well, I borrowed this. Leroy, I didn't know that you were still here. Sure, you told me to do my homework. Say, did you ever do any homework, Uncle Morris? Uh, stacks of it. Gee, when did you find the time? Didn't it interfere with your jokes? Yeah. Now see what you've done, Gildersleeve, giving the boy a wrong impression of our childhood. Me? You started it, tacking teacher's skirts to the floor. <laughs> and you, a superior court judge. Aren't you ashamed? Well, how about you, egging the principal on and trying to brain everybody with bags of water? What do you mean, everybody? Just our Spanish teacher, Miss Olofsson, that's all. <laughs> now, Leroy, don't get us wrong. Judge Hooker and I were merely reminiscing about an era that doesn't exist anymore. I'll say it doesn't. You couldn't get away with those corny gags today. Those gags weren't corny, Leroy. They were mighty clever. Uh, <coughs> huh? Oh, oh, yes, yes. They were terrible. Uh, the big kids made me do them. I'm ashamed of myself. Aren't you, Judge Hooker? Yes. I was a bad boy. <laughs> yes. You see, Leroy? Gee, you two treat me as if I was 12 years old. You are 12 years old, Leroy. Sure, I know, but I don't like to be treated that way. Yeah. You'll have to hurry, Marjorie, if you're going to the circus with me. I'm almost ready. What's the rush, Uncle Mort? Well, I'd like to get there on time for once. No matter when I start, it seems I always arrive in time to get caught in the opening procession. One year, a hippopotamus chased me around the ring twice. I never did find my seat. 
It's too bad Leroy couldn't get off from school to come with us. Yes, the poor boy. Well, we'll bring him back a red balloon and a little whip with a tassel. Hey, anybody home? Hi. Leroy. Gee, I'm glad I caught you before you left for the circus. Leroy, what are you doing home at this hour? School was dismissed just now. Come on, let's go to the circus. By the way, Leroy, why were classes dismissed? Well, uh, you might call it an accident. Accident? What was the accident? Oh, nothing serious. Then what was it? Oh, it seems they had to get all the students out quick on account of all the rooms had to be aired out. Aired out? They did? Why? Well, nobody knows for sure exactly, but the general opinion is that uh, somehow or other, a skunk got into the air conditioning system. Oh! I've ever seen. How did you like the fellow who did the swan dive into the tank of burning gasoline, Uncle Mort? I liked him, but I don't think Secretary Ickes would. <laughs> Leroy, there's something that's been troubling me. It's that skunk in your school. You mean Mr. Proctor, the principal? No, Leroy. <laughs> the one that got into the air conditioning system. Do you happen to know how it got in there? No, I don't. Say, remember the tiger that rode on the elephant's back? How did they train him to do that, Uncle Mort? Oh, with kindness, I suppose. Uh, Leroy, did you happen to have anything to do with it? With the tiger, Uncle Mort? No, the skunk! That wasn't a skunk, Uncle. It was a tiger. Tigers and skunks have different kinds of stripes. I know they have. I'm talking about school. But, you know, I've been thinking. Isn't it a strange coincidence that this accident occurred on the day the circus came to town? Yeah, funny, ain't it? Uh, yeah. Say, Uncle Mort, what do you think would happen if when the lion tamer had his head in the lion's mouth, the lion suddenly had a sneeze? Well, I don't think anyone would say tight. <laughs> now, Leroy, I hope that nothing Judge Hooker and I said about our school day pranks caused you to try to imitate us. Oh, no, sir. You understand we were just talking about old times. Yes, sir, like Judge Hooker says. That's about all you old-timers have got left. Your memory. Yeah. What did you say? Uh, good afternoon, Bertie. Is Leroy home from school yet? Well, let me look in the refrigerator. Uh, no, sir. Did you expect to find him in there? <laughs> no, but I can tell if he's here by what ain't. Well, maybe he wasn't hungry this afternoon That boy, why, he's nothing but appetite held together by skin and bones Oh, what's the matter? Well, there's a lot of strange things going on at Leroy's school And I'm afraid that maybe I'm partly to blame How come you messing around the school? Is you one of them pants teachers? <laughs> no, it's just that Judge Hooker and I were talking about some little pranks we used to play when we were in school a little uh, harmless things, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, well, Leroy happened to overhear us, and now I'm afraid he's showing us the modern versions with the uh, chromium trimmings. Uh-huh. Uh, what makes you think little Leroy's doing fumadiddles? Well, uh, did you read the afternoon paper? No, sir. It never gets to me till the following morning. Oh, yes. Well, I've got it right here. Listen to this. Juvenile Joker startles school. Police were called early today to investigate a large, stout lady's body seen suspended from the window of Principal Poultney Proctor at Flugelhammer Junior High School. Oh, who was it, Miss Proctor? Yes. No. Listen. Closer inspection revealed that the body was a dummy, stuffed with old football pads, wearing a green and purple silk dress, size 48. Green and purple silk? Size 48? Yeah. Sounds like my Sunday go-to-meeting dress, the one that was kidnapped off the clothesline last night. Yes, doesn't it? Well, what's my dress doing in the newspaper? I don't know, Bertie. <laughs> Shh, Bertie, here comes Leroy. Do you think he did it? Shh, yeah. Afternoon, Uncle Morse. Hiya, Bertie. Say, is this your old dress? That's my new dress, Leroy, and what you doing with it? Why, Piggy Banks just gave it to me. He says the wind must have blown it over into his yard. He found it under a window. Young man, isn't this the dress that was hanging out of Mr. Proctor's window this morning? You mean on the dummy that was suspended from school? If... Well, how could it be if it belongs to Bertie? What do you think, Bertie? I ain't saying nothing. I'm only too glad to get my dress back without paying ransom. I'm going to hide it this time. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Uh, look, Leroy, don't think of me just as your uncle and your guardian. Think of me as your pal, your buddy. Now, 
If there's anything that's troubling your little mind, why don't you just come right out with it? Well, okay, Uncle. There is something that's been bothering me. I understand. Go right ahead, my boy. What is it? Well, how did you ever get that horse up into the bell tower at college? Oh! <laughs> you to come here tonight, Judge Hooker, is because you and I are turning Leroy's school topsy-turvy. Why, I haven't been near the place. We've been doing it by remote control. Remember how we shot off our mouths in front of Leroy about our school day monkey shines? Yes, and say, I just remembered another one. Forget it. Leroy has been up to all our old tricks. Oh, his teachers have caught him, huh? No, that kid's smarter than we were. But we got to stop him from going on with him. Well, maybe if I gave him a little lecture... Hooker, you don't understand children. That wouldn't work at all. We've got to pretend we don't know what's going on. That shouldn't be hard for you to do. <laughs> when Leroy comes in, that'll be our cue to start casually chatting about the evils of practical joking. Yeah. Yeah, subtle propaganda, you know. How about it, Hooker? We can try it. Too bad this whole thing had to happen. You know, Gildersleeve, it would never have started if you hadn't opened your fat face. Me? Why, it was you that started it, you little travesty on justice. Is that so? Why, Gildersleeve, if you had the intelligence of a jackass... Uh, but no, why should I daydream? <laughs> There's no use arguing with you. Why not? Because I don't argue with blubberheads. Well, I do, you blubberhead. <laughs> Just because you're a judge, do you think? No, I can answer that myself. You don't think. Don't you provoke me, you big water wind. Oh, that settles it. I'm going to lambaste you with... Oh. Excuse me, I didn't think... Oh, uh, oh, come right in, Leroy. I was, uh, I was just telling Judge Hooker how to uh, baste a lamb. Wasn't I, Judge Hooker? Huh? Uh, oh, yes, uh, yes. Don't let us disturb you, Leroy, my boy. Go right ahead and do your homework. Just pay no attention to us. I won't. As we were saying, Judge, uh, don't you think that juvenile delinquency often starts with some innocent boyish prank? When were we saying that? Oh, uh, of course, Gildersleeve. Uh, Quite often, a young fella starts out for a lark and winds up in a cage. How's that? Oh, Judge. <laughs> then you think that their practical joking can lead to a serious consequences? Surely. Yeah. It starts out with a fella dipping girls' pigtails into inkwells, and then he becomes bored with that and puts firecrackers in the coal scuttle. Yes. Or water in the teacher's galoshes, and then setting them out to freeze. Never heard of that one before. Huh? That's only good in real cold weather. Well, in summertime, you can always put flypaper on all the chairs. Yes. Yeah. With the words, kick me, printed on the back. Yeah. Say, I did that when I was in fourth grade. You should have seen the fun at recess. You know, I used to hunt for frogs during recess and put them all in the lunchboxes. <laughs> Once I made a mistake and put one in my own lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you about the time that I snagged our principal's wig with a fish pole and then hoisted it to the top of the flagpole? Oh, boy. I wish I could have seen... Oh, my goodness. What have we been saying? Huh? Leroy, don't you pay any attention to this old... Go uh, say, where is Leroy? I don't know. You said pretend he wasn't here, and by George, he isn't. Yes, and a lucky thing, too. How did we ever get started talking like that again? I remember distinctly. You began it, Gildersleeve. Me? Why, you feeble little fuddle-headed fuddy-duddy. Smile when you say that, Gildersleeve. Smile? I'll laugh right out loud. <laughs> Marjorie. Hello, Pierpont. I came to see Meatball. Who? Meatball. You know, Leroy. Only you don't like us kids to call him Leroy anymore. Like I don't like to be called Pierpont. All right. Piggy. <laughs> Come on in. Oh, Leroy. Piggy Banks is here to see you. Come on to the library, Piggy. It's right that way. Thanks. Well, come on in. Don't be bashful. But your uncle, that's him behind that newspaper, ain't it? What's the matter with him? Oh, nothing. He always does that after dinner. He's digesting his food. Oh. Ain't we going to disturb him? No, we had roast beef and potatoes for dinner. 
Nothing will bother Unc for another hour at least. <laughs> now, let's get going on that history stuff. Well, I know Miss Keller's going to ask us about the vice presidents tomorrow. Are you sure? Sure, I'm sure. She's going through the book exactly the way she did last year, the first time I took the course. <laughs> okay, I, I think I got it memorized. But is she going to ask us the names of all the vice presidents? She did last year. I kept a diary. All right, but gee, what a question to ask. Well, you take the list and see if I get them right. Shoot. Uh, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, Aaron Burr, uh, uh, Aaron Burr... You said that. Mm. Say, Meatball, what do you think of the stuff that's been pulled off at school lately? Oh, I don't know. What do you think of it? Oh, I don't know. Have any idea who's doing it? Gee, I don't know. You got any idea? Well, I don't know. Who do you think? I don't know. Let's get back to the vice president. Okay. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, John Adams, uh, Thomas Jefferson, Aaron Burr, uh... Say, I wonder who put the iron sulfide in Miss Keller's inkwell. How'd you know it was iron sulfide, Meatball? Shucks, anybody knows that's the stuff that puts the smell in inkwell. You know who pulled that one, Piggy? Let's get back to Vice President. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, Aaron Burr... Uh, oh, gee, I don't know what good knowing the vice president's is going to do a guy who's going to be a stuntman in the movies. I thought you were going to be a lion tamer. Well, lion taming's just one of the stunts I'm going to do. Talking about stunts, did you hear about the one somebody just pulled tonight over in the schoolyard? Which one's that? Ah, I bet you know about it already. Well, maybe I do and maybe I don't. I ain't saying. What are you talking about? Oh, about what they did to old man Flugerhammer's statue. Somebody dressed him up in a set of red flannel underwear and a corset. No kidding. Yeah. Boy, if they ever find out who did that, they'd be expelled from school prano, I bet. <laughs> Let's get on with the vice president's pig. All right. Say, could I borrow a glass of water? We had corned beef for dinner. Sure. Come on out in the kitchen. I'll get it for you. Boy, wait till Mr. Proctor sees the woolies on Flugie. <laughs> Did I hear right? Red flannels in the corset on Flugie? Or was I just dreaming? No, there's Piggy Banks' hat. It's true. Oh, let me think. Yes, that's what I'll have to do. Yes, six. Hooker's just as much to blame as I am. I can't let Leroy be expelled. Hello, Judge. This is Gildersleeve. You've got to help me with something. I can't explain now, but I'll pick you up in about ten minutes. We got a date with an old schoolmate of yours. You sure this is the right part of the schoolyard? Why, of course. Not so loud, Gildersleeve. Oh. I'm a superior court judge. Can you picture what would happen if I'm caught? Yes, yeah, scandalous, isn't it? <laughs> oh, why do I let you get me into situations like this? Because you haven't got any more brains than I have. And where in the name of Gutzenborglum is that statue? Oops. Never mind, I found it. <laughs> yeah, that's Flugelhammer up there. Flannels, corsets and all. Let's not hang around here all night, Gillisleeve. Come on, I'll boost you up. Well, wait a minute, I take this top coat off. All right. Yeah, yeah that's better. All right, get down now. Upsy-daisy. Oh, oh, my poor back. You'll cave it in. Push my other foot up, Judge. I will if you take it out of my hip pocket. <laughs> yeah, there. Is that better? No. Ow, now it's in my ear. Well, in one ear, not the other. Gildersleeve, get up there. Yeah, okay. Uh-oh. What's wrong? Judge, do you notice a sudden cold wind? No, can't say that I do Which way is it coming? Up The judge, hold my feet so I won't fall I got him, I got him You're all right, solid as a rock No, no, you're holding Pete's feet What? The flat-footed flugelhammer Yeah, that's better Now I can get to work I wonder where Leroy ever found this corset. Make it snappy, Gildersleeve. Who do you think you are, Gypsy Rose Lee? Yep. Okay, okay, I've got it now. Here, catch it, Judge. Hurry up before somebody catches us. All right. Hey, Leroy, I must have sewn this underwear on. I never knew the little rascal could sew. How's it coming, Gildy? Just another second. Yeah. 
Cut out that whistling, Judge. I'm not whistling. That must be the night watchman. Oh? Come on, rip it off. Let's scram. Okay, head for the car, Judge. Uh, this way, Judge. Quit calling me Judge, Gildersleeve. Don't you believe him, Gildy? Oh! Scatter, Judge, scatter! I'll meet you at the drugstore. the principal sent for us, Uncle Mort. Well, now, you let me handle the whole thing, Marjorie. Do you think that Leroy might be in some trouble? Well, I didn't want to tell you, Marjorie, but your brother has turned his school into a midget version of Hell's a Poppin'. <gasps> Leroy? But he had such a fine record. He had, until he heard Judge Hooker and me brag about the foolish antics we performed as children. Oh, I hang my head when I think of it, and I'd like to hang the judges, too. Oh, now, Uncle Mort, it can't be that serious. No? Well, come on, you'll see. You know, after all, boys will be boys. Leroy is just a bit high-spirited. And what's wrong with that, sir? You were a boy once yourself, weren't you? Me? No. Uh, I was talking to the principal. <laughs> Rehearsing, I mean. <laughs> after you, my dear. Yes. Look at George Washington and the cherry tree. Just high spirits? Washington was a boy, too. We were all boys. Uncle, are you all right? Of course I am. No. No, I'm not. It's been a long, long time since I was called to the principal's office, but I still get that old feeling. Me too. Yeah. Well, brace up, Uncle Mort. Here we are. Okay. Let's go in. Hope he doesn't make us stay after school, Marjorie. Uh, Mr. Proctor? Yes? If I'm Leroy Forrester's uncle, and this is his sister, Marjorie. Well, I'm glad to see you two. I want to talk to you about that young man. Yes, I know, Mr. Proctor. Really, he's a fine boy at heart. I realize that. There's something I want to tell you Sure, about. but you were a boy once yourself, weren't you, Mr. Proctor? Well, of course I was. Uh, you see, Marjorie, didn't I tell you? <laughs> Mr. Proctor was a boy once himself. <laughs> Probably high-spirited, too. Surely. Now, about your nephew. I hope you're not going to be harsh with him. But why should I be, Mr. Forrester? Uh, excuse me, my name's Gildersleeve. Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. Glad to meet you, Mr. G... Did you say Gildersleeve? Yes. Did I say something wrong? That happens to be my name. And does that happen to be your top coat hanging on that hook? Where? If... Yes. How did it happen to get here? Last night, that coat with your name in it was found by our night watchman. Oh, my goodness. Excuse me. I just remembered a dental appointment. One moment. There's something else that belongs to you. Your red flannel underwear and your corset. Corset? Why, Uncle Mort, I don't understand. Neither does Mr. Proctor. I understand only too well. Aren't you ashamed of yourself? A grown man, a big, fat, grown man, going around at night putting union suits on statues. Yeah. Uncle Mort, what is this? Now, can't you explain? Sure, if I can get a word in edgewise. Actions speak louder than words, Gildersleeve. It's a lucky thing for you that Leroy Forrester is your nephew. It is? Yes. I'd expose you in a minute, but I don't want to spoil Leroy's big day. Leroy's big day? Oh, what has he done now? That's why I sent for you. Today, he's going to be presented with the Chamber of Commerce Medal as the outstanding student in Flugelhammer Junior High School. What? Leroy? Well, I knew it all along. The Great Gildersleeve will be with us again in a few minutes. But right now, I want to ask you, what is the most welcome compliment a hostess can receive? Well, I'm told it's sincere appreciation of the dishes she serves. Comments on the lightness of her cakes, the flakiness of her pie crust. Exclamations on how downright good everything tastes. So here's a tip for you housewives. For baking that's sure to win compliments, use delicious parquet margarine made by Kraft. You see, parquet margarine is a genuine flavor shortening, not a bland, tasteless fat. Yes, the same delicate appetizing taste that makes parquet margarine so delicious for table use gives added flavor to baked foods, too. And parquet mixes so easily and creams so smoothly, it's really pleasant to use. Remember, too, that parquet margarine's flavor makes pan-fried foods taste better, and it doesn't spatter or stick to the pan. And whether you serve delicious parquet margarine at the table or use it for cooking, you are giving your family a nutritious, wholesome energy food. Remember, too, that parquet is an excellent source of vitamin A. So give your family the benefits of this delightful, nourishing food. Serve them economical parquet margarine tomorrow. Just ask your dealer for parquet, P-A-R-K-A-Y. 
It's made by Kraft. That's a beautiful medal, Leroy, and I'm mighty proud of you. But uh, won't you answer just one question for me, my boy? What is it, Unc? Who was responsible for all those escapades around your school? Now, Uncle Mort, I, I positively don't know. What's more, I don't want to know. And, and even if I did know, you don't think I'd squeal on my pal Piggy, do you? Uh, you're a bright boy, Leroy. Good night. <laughs> Original music heard on this program was composed and conducted by William Randolph. This is Jim Bannon speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company and inviting you to be with us again next week at the same time for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. This is the National Broadcasting Company. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kraft presents The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> Each week at this time, Kraft presents from Hollywood, California, Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve, written by Leonard L. Levinson. We'll hear from the great Gildersleeve in just a moment. But first, here's what a prominent government official said about nutrition not long ago. This official said that in times like these, proper nutrition is as important as fighting planes. Yes, we all need the right foods and plenty of them to keep up the pace our great defense effort demands. So you'll be glad to know that parquet margarine, made by Kraft, is one of the right foods and that it's so economical you can use all you need. You see, parquet margarine not only has delicious flavor that makes it grand for table use, baking, and pan frying, parquet contains lots of valuable food elements, too. Yes, wholesome parquet margarine is a highly nutritious food. In fact, one of the best energy foods you can serve. And what's more, every pound of parquet contains 9,000 units of important vitamin A. But just because parquet margarine is good for you, don't think it isn't good tasting. Why, parquet's delicate, appetizing flavor has made it a favorite with families all over the country, both for table use and for cooking. So try it. Buy a pound or two of delicious parquet margarine tomorrow. Yes, ask your dealer for parquet. P-A-R-K-A-Y. And now let's visit our friend, the great Gildersleeve, and his niece and nephew, Marjorie and Leroy. They're trying to entertain a friend of Marjorie's, Oliver Honeywell, a chap who's taken so many pills that he's beginning to look like one. Today, Oliver is the man who came to lunch and stayed through tea and dinner. It's after nine now, and a quiz game is in progress. <laughs> Uncle Mort. Okay. I love quizzes. Let's hear it, Leroy. Well, what's the difference between Niagara Falls and your friend Judge Hooker? There's no difference. They're both big drips. <laughs> no, no, that's wrong. Oh, is it? The difference between them is that Niagara is a mountain fountain and the judges are legal eagle. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I see. Now whose turn is it? It's your turn next, Oliver. Uh -huh. Boy, this one's a sin. Can you tell us who was the third assistant secretary of agriculture in President McKinley's administration? Oof. Oh, that wasn't fair, Leroy. No, that, that's too hard, Leroy. Oh, no, 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 it isn't. Uh, third assistant secretary of agriculture McKinley's administration, uh, Lucius Ann Follinsby. Yep. That's right. I, I remember. <laughs> it is? 
That's great, Oliver. Oliver, that's wonderful. Oh, really, it's nothing. A fellow shouldn't get any credit for remembering his own grandfather's name. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, you had me fooled for a minute. I thought you were smart. Yes, Leroy. (laughs) Next is Marjorie's turn. Huh? Huh? Sis, what does it mean if you say, throw up the sponge? Um, I give up. Absolutely correct. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, now, the scores so far are Oliver, 27, uh-huh. Marjorie, 19, and Uncle Mort, minus two. Uh, young man, <laughs> what do you mean, minus two? You answered one question wrong twice. It's twice? <laughs> now, here's your chance to make up, Uncle. Uh-huh. It's an arithmetic. Arithmetic. If Jones buys 50 bales of hay and 100 bushels of barley for $300... Yes? ...and the barley costs four times as much as the hay, how much did each bale cost? Oh, my. Let me get paper and pencil. 50 bales, 100 bushels, $300. Mr. Jones should have bought defense bonds. <laughs> the idea. Oh, what's that? Half past nine. Leroy, I've got a question for you this time. If 9.30 equals your bedtime, and you haven't done your homework yet, how do you expect to know your lessons tomorrow if you have to go to sleep now? Gee, that's an easy one, Uncle Mort. All those questions I've been asking you people are my homework. Oh, it's all done. It is? (laughs) (laughs) You're a bright boy, Leroy. Say, can we just finish this game, Uncle Mort? I sort of lost interest in this game. I thought it was fun. You would. Now scamper off to bed, Leroy. Gee whiz, I'm not a bit sleepy. Why can't I stay up? It's the same thing every Sunday night. First Jack Benny, then Charlie McCarthy, and after that trying to get Leroy to go to bed. But Uncle Mort, you stay up a lot later than this. Why can't I? Because you're growing, Leroy, and I'm not. No, maybe not in the same direction as I am. Step up, Leroy. (laughs) (laughs) What? Leave Uncle's waistline out of this. You leave it out. You brought it in. Yep. (laughs) Children, children, let's drop my waistline. It's dropped too far already. (laughs) Good night, young man. Oh, are you going to bed, Uncle Mort? Sweet dreams. No, you're the one who's going to bed. Yes, and let's not discuss it anymore. But, but... That's all, brother. (laughs) But it isn't fair. It's not democratical. I'd like to stay up as late as everybody else. Well, let me see. Can I, Uncle Mort? Uh, promise to go to bed the minute we do? Gee, of course I promise. Then you can remain up as late as Marjorie and I. Boy, that's keen. Well, I'm pretty sleepy right now. How about you, Marjorie? What? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, I can hardly keep my eyes open. Yeah. Oh, I catch on. It's a trick to make me go to bed now. <laughs> You've made your bed, Leroy. Now get into it. <laughs> In that case, maybe I should... Well, if that's my mama, you tell her not to worry. Yeah. Hello? Hello? Oh, hi, Pig. It's for me. It's Piggy Banks. Piggy Banks. What did you say, Pig? What for? Oh, no. No, Uncle Mort wouldn't. Huh? Oh, no, I wouldn't even ask him. Oh, it's too bad, Pig, but that's the breaks of the game. Goodbye. Uh, I don't want to intrude in your private affairs, Leroy. But what is it Piggy Banks wanted to do? Oh, he wanted to come over here tonight to carve out his pumpkin for Halloween. Well, I'd have no objection to that. Yeah, but he wanted to use you for the model. Yep. <laughs> you go straight to bed, young man. We're all going to bed now. All right. Uh, well, in that case, maybe I should. Yes, you should, Oliver. Oh. Uh, good night. Uh, Marjorie, don't let Oliver forget his overcoat tonight. It's awfully chilly, and he might catch something he hasn't got already. <laughs> Mr. Gillsleeve, I didn't bring any overcoat. I didn't expect to be invited for tea and dinner, too. Invited? Oh, my. I hate to think of you going clear across town on the streetcar. Oh, Midgey, the streetcar doesn't bother me. It's the waiting and the walking. Yes, and in the dark, too. (laughs) Say, uh, why don't you stay here for the night, Oliver? Oh, that's a splendid idea. Where can we put him, Uncle Moore? Uh, On the sofa in the study. It's the kind that collapses into a bed. (laughs) Oh... No, thanks, really. I don't think I should. Why not? I'll fix you up with a pair of my pajamas. Oh, I don't think I could sleep in a strange pair of pajamas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and besides, besides huh? that, don't you think they'd be a trifle large? Oh, come, come, Oliver. It'll be fun. Like sleeping in a tent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I'll bring out a couple of spare blankets and a pillow. Oh, yeah. never mind the pillow, Midgey. I'm allergic to feathers. Uh, feathers? Is that so? Oh, yes. Uh, you know, I have it so bad I even break out with spots when I eat chicken broth. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, uh, you better telephone your parents and tell them you won't be home tonight, Oliver. Oh, yes, I better. Otherwise, Mom would have to send Pop out to look for me. Uh, then she'd have to go out to look for Pop. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll get the blanket. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, hello, Mama. Mama, this is Oliver. Yes. What's that? Papa's been out looking for me already. Well, it isn't ten yet, Mama. Oh, we want to get an early start. Uh, you better go find him, Mama. Uh, try the place on the corner. Oh, not the drugstore. The place in the other corner. I don't know why he always goes there. I never do. Well, you just push open the doors and call in. That's a... What? Oh, I'm still at Midgey's house. Yeah, Mama. They invited me to spend the night here on account I didn't bring an overcoat. I did? I must have left on a streetcar. Huh? Well, I got my pills. Uh, don't worry. I'll keep out of drafts. Good night, Mama. Poor Mama. You know, she doesn't seem to realize that I'm a big boy now. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's very hard to believe, Oliver. Oh, I, I almost forgot. Here. Uh, what's this nickel for? Oh, for the phone call. I never like to be under obligations to people. Yes, I can see that. Well, everything's ready for you, Oliver. Yeah, go right in and make yourself comfortable, Oliver. I'm going to lock up. Uh-huh. Oh, be sure all the downstairs windows are fastened, Uncle Mort. There have been some burglars in the neighborhood lately. Burglars? Oh, don't worry, Oliver. <laughs> go right in and get ready for bed. If a burglar ever saw you in my pajamas, he'd put back everything he took. Uh, I wonder who built these windows. The Pullman Company? Uh. Oh, my bunion. Almost forgot to wind the kitchen clock. <laughs> Somebody already wound it. Oh, oh, excuse me, Aesop. <laughs> I didn't mean to step on your tail. <laughs> now, scat cat, scram, go outside. Everything locked up tight, Uncle Moore. Yes, a burglar would need three policemen to help him get in here. <laughs> uh, excuse me, I guess it was the company we had for dinner. <laughs> Well, see you in the morning. Huh? Good night, Uncle Mort. Yeah, good night, my dear. Good night, Uncle Mort. What? You still up? Uh, good night, Leroy. Good night, Uncle Roy. Good night. What's that? Ooh. Oh, oh, good night, Oliver. Somewhere near here. How about let's go on and see? Well, you better ask your Uncle Mort first. Okay. Uh, Mom and Pop. Hey, Uncle Mort, can I go to a fire? Huh? What's that? There's a fire somewhere close. Can I go see it? A fire? Oh, boy, I haven't done one for years. And I just love to go to blazes. <laughs> <laughs> well, hurry up, Uncle Mort, hurry. No, no, not that door. That's the bathroom. Oh, excuse me. I should have known. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Now, let's hurry outside or the fire will be out before we are. <laughs> Gee, this is fun. Huh? Hey, Marge, let's go. Here's Uncle Mort. Yeah, let's get Oliver. You think he'd be interested? Sure, it'll be a tonic for his nerves. <laughs> oh, Oliver. Yes, Mom, I'm getting off. Yep. <laughs> I'm not your mama. Come on outside with us. Hurry up. What's wrong? There's a fire, Oliver. Fire? Oh, oh my goodness. Come on, let's go. Oh, all the way up. Wait. Wait for us, Oliver. Leroy, bring Oliver's shoes. Hey, come on, Marjorie. Hey, Oliver, come back here. Where's the fire? It's somewhere around the corner, Oliver. Is it coming this way? No, we're going that way. Come on. <laughs> Here's your shoes, Oliver. You better put them on before you wear out your socks. Oh, thanks, Leroy. Uh, all right, let's not spend all night here. The fire won't wait for us, you know. Oliver, you can tie your shoelaces afterward. As you say, Mr. Gill. Oh, on second thought, Oliver, you better tie them now. I might as well, now that I'm down. 
Gee, this is the latest I've been out since the night I went walking in my sleep. Yes. Well, let's take a quick look at the fire and scoot back to bed. I wonder whose house it is. Well, we'll soon see. I think the engine's right around the corner. They are? Oh, oh I yes, see a lot of people. Yes, there they yes. are. Gee, look at all the neighbors. There's nothing like a good fire to bring out all the best people. <laughs> Everybody must have gotten up. Huh? Oh, look. There's Edie Quinn. Wearing the same kimono she wore to that fire last year. Yes. We'll be carrying Well, here we are. I don't see any fire. I better find out what this is all about. Uh, let me through here, please. I- excuse me, lady. Oh, uh, pardon me, chief, but could you direct me to the fire? Mister, I wish you could direct me. We can't find it. Oh, well, it may be a little unprofessional, but have you asked anybody? Say, that's an idea. Thanks. Oh, it's all right. Uh, quiet, please. Let's have quiet, everybody. Yes, quiet, uh... Now, did anyone here turn in a fire alarm? Excuse me, I was the one who called. Oh, hello, Mrs. Beasley. Well, where's the fire? Oh, there isn't any fire. My poor little cat is stranded on top of that telephone pole up there. What? Oh, good grief. Madam, do you mean you got us all out of bed and dragged the firemen away from their gin rummy game just to look at a cat? Oh, disappointed because someone's home isn't burning down. Huh? I know who you are. You're the man who does want to set the world on fire. <laughs> now, see here, Mrs. Uh... Oh, this is Mrs. Huh? Beasley, Uncle Mort. Mrs. Beasley, this is my uncle, Mr. Gildersleeve. How do you do? Uh, charmed, I'm sure. Now, see here, Mrs. Beasley. What do you mean by waking up the whole neighborhood? Now, take it easy, mister. I won't take it easy. Chief, are you going to waste the taxpayer's money climbing telephone poles for tomcats? Well, what's wrong with that? Give me a reason why you should go to all that trouble. Sure, I'll give you a reason. This lady happens to be the mayor's sister-in-law. Yeah, just as I thought. Politics. Hey, boys. Get out the 40-footer and bring down that cat. Thank you, Chief. I'll see that my brother-in-law hears about this. Yes, and I'll see that the newspapers hear about it, too. I'll write letters to the editors. And I write a nasty letter, madam. (laughs) And as for you, Chief... You're paid to fight fires, not to go sky-hooting around town all night. Now, I've heard enough out of you, fatso. Yep. If you don't pipe down, I'll turn you over to the police, you big false alarm. I'm a false alarm, you little brass pole polisher. Take off that fireman's uniform and say that. Now, don't get so hot under the collar, beef crust, or I'll have the boys cool you up with a hose. I'm not afraid of you and all your little squirts. <laughs> you twitch a thumb at me. And I'll push that tin hat of yours so far down, you'll have to breathe through a straw. <laughs> well, now you have gone too far. Logan! Yes, Here, hold my coat. That suits me. Oliver! Yes, Mr. Gildersleeve? Keep off the grass, you'll get your feet wet. <laughs> hey, look! Look, they've got the cat down, Uncle Mort. Oh, oh, thank goodness. Where's the lady that owns the cat? Please. Right here, Kelsey. Now I've seen everything. The idea using thousands of dollars worth of fire equipment, waking up hundreds of people in the middle of the night just to snag a mangy cat off a telephone pole. Here it is, lady. Safe and sound. Thank you very much. Oh, dear me, this isn't my cat at all. Well, now it isn't even her cat. Lady, if you aren't... Uncle Mort. What's wrong, Marjorie? I'll tell you what's wrong, Mr. Gildersleeve. This is your cat. (laughs) Our cat? Uh, Aesop? (laughs) Is that a hot one? Oh, my goodness. Let's get home. Come on, children. Uh, Come on, Aesop. Uh, Goodbye, Chief. Thank you, boys, for doing a noble and humane deed. Ah, go back to bed, you big mattress. Come on, man, let's go. I don't like the way he said that. Too bad there wasn't a fire. We could have at least gotten warm. Oliver, don't you dare catch a chill. I'll try my best not to, Mitchie. Wish I'd brought along my cold pills. Uh, Let's hurry into the house, Oliver. We'll fix you up a nice hot cup of... uh, What can you drink a nice hot cup of? Water, if it's distilled. (laughs) Well, it'll be nice to get back into a nice warm bed. Uh, Open the door, Leroy. Okay. Oh, it's locked. Locked? Why didn't I go home on a stream time? Uh, now, don't get excited. Don't be nervous. Uh, take it easy, everybody. I have the key right here. Right here in my pants pocket. Oh, no. No what? No pants. <laughs> I'm just wearing pajamas. Here, let me try that door. Ooh, no shoes either. <laughs> Maybe it's stuck. No, we're stuck, Oliver. The wind must have blown it shut. Well, I guess the joke's on us. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Gildersleeve, I don't get it. 
You keep asking questions like that, Oliver, and you'll get it all right. There must be a window around the side or in back that I could climb into. No, Leroy. Before we went to bed, I made sure that everything was locked as tight as a drum and a bagpipe band. Oh, wait a minute. We forgot something. Huh? I know how we can get in. You do? Well, what is it? Bertie. A clever girl, Marjorie. Bertie. Yeah, come on, everybody. Where are we going now, Midget? We're going to see if we can wake Bertie, our maid. Yes. Oh, Bertie. Oh, Bertie! Oh, Bertie! Too many Berties. Let me do it. Uh, oh, Bertie! Yes, Mr. Gerald, please. Uh, uh, Bertie, uh, will you please come downstairs and open the front door? Come downstairs? Open the front door? Yes, I'm locked out. And so is Marjorie and Leroy and Oliver. What an unfortunate coincidence. Yes, Bertie, quit stalling and hurry down here. I would if I could, Mr. Gillespie, but I just can't. Why can't you? Because I'm locked out, too. What? If... <laughs> Bertie, aren't you upstairs? No, sir, I'm right here on the back porch. Oh, this is a pretty pickle of fish. How did you get locked out? Well, I just got home from a lodge meeting. Yeah. You know, the mysterious and bewildering orders of the daughters of Cleopatra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I the head Sphinx. Yeah. <laughs> The Sphinx. You are? Yes, sir. And I found the back door bolted. You know, that's contrary to the customary procedure. Yes, well, I wonder if the people next door have got a pass key. Oh, they went away on their weekend. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting terribly cold. Maybe I'd better go home after all. Uh, no, Oliver. We'll get inside in two shakes of a jiffy. Oh. Uh, the only trouble is all the downstairs windows are locked. If we could only reach the second floor. I can do it. If you boost me up, I can climb this tree and then crawl out on that branch and drop down on the roof of the porch there. Who do you think you is, Leroy? A Superman man? Yes. No, I, I won't let you risk your neck, my boy. You're too young. I do it myself, only why ruin a tree that never did me any harm? Oh, dear. Now, isn't it too bad that we don't have anyone big enough and thin enough to come to our rescue? It's getting colder, isn't it? <laughs> You know, I can't help thinking what King Arthur, one of his knights, would do in a case like this. Yes, it, <coughs> I believe it is getting cold. <laughs> Why, he'd leap off his horse, spring to the tree, and just, just swarm up to his lady love's window. If I'd only brought along some of my vitality tablets. <laughs> oh, oh, what's the use? Oliver, why don't you go climb a tree? Who, me? Midget, you know I get dizzy spells from high places. <laughs> Oliver, it's really very easy. You can do it with your eyes shut. Oh, I don't like this. Give him a boost up, huh? Can't you see he's raring to go? Uh-huh, raring to go home. Yeah. <laughs> Come, Oliver, you've got to be brave. Pull up my pajamas. Mm. No, I mean the ones you're wearing. <laughs> yeah, now tighten your belt. I didn't say yes. You shook your head. Can I help it if I shiver in the affirmative? <laughs> well... Now, you take his other leg, Leroy. Okay. Yeah. Careful now. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Grab hold of the branch, Oliver, right above you. Well, yeah. Don't drop me. I bruise easily. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. I'm right below you. Mm -hmm. Now, just pull yourself up. Uh, no, no, Oliver. Go the other way. Uh, You're getting out on the wrong limb. Gee, if I only had my slingshot here, I'd head him in the right direction quick enough. Leroy. <laughs> uh, keep going, Oliver. You're doing fine. Right. Oh, what are you stopping for now? On my pajamas, bro. Oh. I don't know. Ah, I'm falling. Oh. I, I, I made it. I made it. I landed on the roof. Yeah, well, congratulations, Oliver. I never thought you'd make it. How about it, Missy Witchy? Am I as good as any night? Oh, yes, Oliver. You're wonderful. Yeah. Bye, George, for a week night. He finished strong on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Oliver. Now, just climb in one of the windows and all our troubles will be over. Mr. Gildersleeve. Huh? I've got bad news for you. What? There aren't any windows over the porch. <laughs> what? A porch without windows? I never heard of such a thing. Let me look. Well, that's one for Ripley. <laughs> you better come on down, Oliver. How? Oh, I can't reach that limb again. Uh, Jeepers, we've stranded Oliver. Is that bad? Now what are we going to do, Unc? Well, there's only one thing to do. I've got to get a ladder someplace. And a piece of string! <laughs> All right, Oliver. Well, hurry, Mr. Gillespie. It's terribly cold up here. Yeah. The people in the back got a nice big ladder. Yeah? Why don't you just pussyfoot over and throw the bar? Well, thanks, Bertie. I suppose that's all I can do. Uh, children, you just stay where you are. 
And Oliver, don't go away. Very funny. <laughs> I'll be back just as soon as I can, Oliver. Fine state of affairs when a man can't break into his own home. Well, that's what you get for chasing fires in the middle of the wood. Uh, oh, it's you, Aesop. Out of my way, you Siamese snake in the grass. Now, uh, let me see. There's a loose board somewhere along this fence. Ah, uh, there it is. Tight squeeze, Rockmorton. You should really cut out the starches. <laughs> I wonder where that ladder is. This dark here is the back of a coal miner's neck. Who's there? Huh? Speak up or I'll shoot. Oh, oh, hello. Don't shoot, Mrs. Beasley. <laughs> it's only me, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> what are you doing in my backyard at this time of night? Uh, what am I doing here? Oh, oh, yes, we were locked out of our house, Mrs. Beasley. You happen to have a ladder I could borrow? It's in the shed, and the shed's locked. Well, then, if you could find the key and kind of throw it down to me, oh, I... Nerve. Waking me up, scaring me half to death, and then having the gall. Uh, uh, what did you say, Mrs. Beasley? Wait where you are, Mr. Gildersleeve. I'll be right back. Yeah, lovely woman. A break at last. This time we're all set, T.P. Where are you, Mr. Gildersleeve? Uh, right underneath your window, Mrs. Beasley. Directly underneath? Yes, directly underneath. Well, then, cat. Oh! Oh! on the grass. I hope Uncle Mort doesn't get his feet damp. Hey, sis, I did it all right, all right. Boy, that was a thrill. Well, it's only a matter of minutes now. Well, Oliver, it's only a matter of minutes now. Uh, only minutes before I freeze. I wish I brought a parachute. Shh. Who that there? It's me, your Uncle Throckmorton. <laughs> if I ever lay hands on that Beasley woman, I'll kill that old cow. <laughs> Why, Uncle, you're soaked. What happened? Uh, she lured me underneath her window and then threw a bucket of water on me. I'm going to tell the mayor about this. Oh, that's a shame. But don't you worry. Huh? We'll have you in the house and dry inside of five minutes. Oh, you got the door open? No, not yet, but soon. Poor Oliver's been freezing on that roof. He's freezing. Yes, yeah, so I sent Leroy down to the corner to ring the fire alarm. Oh, fine. Oh, my goodness. What'll the chief say when he sees me this time? Uh, can't you stop him, Leroy? I don't think so. Oh, in fact, I'm sure I can. Oh, my, here we go again. Stop right here, men. Okay, okay, where is it? Oh, hello, Chief. Well, you're just in time. Look. Where? Oh, say, what is this? First a cat on a pole and now a guy on the roof. Who's responsible for this call? Well, it was like this, Chief. Well, if it isn't the taxpayer's best friend in the fire department, severest critic. Huh? Hi, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah, hi. Been writing any letters to the newspapers? No. Now, stop teasing, Uncle Mort, Chief. He's just soaked to the skin. Yeah, and that takes in an awful lot of territory. Yeah. How about saving those cracks for the fireman's minstrel show and getting our front door open? Oh, is that what you want? Well, why didn't you say so? Hey, Max, yeah. bring an axe. We've got a door to chop down. No, no, no. Can't you just send up a man and a ladder to one of the windows on the second floor? Oh, never mind the axe, Max. Bring a ladder. Okay. Say, Chief, there's a cellar door open around on the other side. The cellar door's been open all this time? Oh, I could kick myself. We could help you with that, too. Yep. <laughs> Thank you just the same, no. Say, boys, I'm awfully sorry about this whole thing. Let me make some amends, huh? How about you all coming in for coffee and sandwiches? Huh? Won't you? Yeah, come on. Just for good old Gildersleeve. Huh? Okay, sure. Yeah, come on, come on. Come on. <laughs> Have another cup of coffee, Chief? No, no, thanks. I've had two already. You've had four, but have another anyhow. Oh. Sandwich, Mr. Grogan? No, no, no. I'm full clear up to here. Incidentally, I made sure that cellar door was locked tight this time. Yeah, thanks, Mr. Grogan. Well, this has been swell, Mr. Gildersleeve, but now we'd better be getting back, boys. Hey, hey, you guys in the kitchen. Let's get wheeling. Okay, Chief. Well, uh, goodbye, boys. Thanks for everything. And if I ever have a fire, you'll be the first people I'll call in. <laughs> <laughs> I like firemen. Say, Uncle Mort, can uh, I go out and watch them leave? Sure, we'll all go out and wave goodbye to them. Come on, Marjorie. Hey, uh, you too, Bertie. Okay, Uncle Mort. Yeah. Well, thanks for the hospitality. Yeah, so long, boys. Thanks. Don't take any wooden fire plugs. <laughs> yes, nice fellas. <laughs> well, let's get back in. There they go. It's colder out. Catch the door, Bertie. It's good. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yes, this is where we didn't come in. Hey, isn't anybody ever going to get me down off this road? Oh, Oliver! 
The great Gildersleeve will be with us again in a few minutes. But right now, let me remind you that next Friday is Halloween. And a few mothers are the kind that worry about the children being out and getting into mischief. Here's a worthwhile suggestion for you. Keep the kids at home with a well-stocked pantry. Yes, if you have plenty of popcorn and cookies and cakes on hand, you can be sure the kids won't go very far away. Now, to make popcorn extra good, drench it with plenty of melted parquet margarine made by Kraft. Yes, that delicate, tempting flavor that makes parquet a favorite for table use makes it delicious on popcorn, too. And remember, use parquet margarine in the cookies and cakes you bake. It makes them tastier because it's a real flavor shortening, not just a bland, tasteless fat. And not just at Halloween, but the year-round, parquet margarine provides your family with wholesome, nourishing food values. Yes, parquet margarine is a highly nutritious energy food that contains important vitamin A. So use parquet margarine made by Kraft all three ways. At the table, for baking, and for pan frying. It's delicious, it's nourishing, it's economical. Tomorrow, ask your dealer for a pound or two of parquet. P-A-R-K-A-Y. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, our time's up. Good night. <laughs> Original music heard on this program was composed and conducted by William Randolph. This is Jim Bannon speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company and inviting you to be with us again next week at the same time for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.